Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Do you ever struggle to forgive, to forgive the people in your life? You know, maybe your spouse, maybe a family member, maybe a coworker. I mean, really forgive, like to forgive quickly, to forgive deeply. You know, this is so important for friendship, for community, for especially for marriage and family life. You know, so many of us may struggle because when we're hurt, you know, we, we, we get a little defensive, we get angry, we're frustrated and we also become afraid of the other person, so we start to build up walls, you know, walls of division, walls to protect ourselves, maybe walls of resentment, and maybe we start to hold grudges, but that's not what Jesus did. And Jesus is calling us to take on his heart, which is full of mercy and compassion and understanding. Uh, the Bible tells us that God is kind and merciful, slow to anger. Ask yourself, are you slow to anger? Are you slow to anger when your spouse frustrates you? (laughs) When one of your kids doesn't come when you ask them to come? When that coworker in the meeting says that little thing, it just really gets under your skin. Are are you slow to anger? Are you rich in mercy? You know, I've been thinking about this because uh, this this last week, you know, the, the mass readings on Sunday focused on Matthew 18, that parable of the unforgiving servant. That's an intense parable, but one of the messages, the key message is that you get a sense that one thing God gets angry about, God is kind and merciful, but one thing he gets angry about is when we don't forgive. We who have received so much mercy like the servant in the in the parable, we should then, you know, if God shows us so much mercy, we should go out and extend that mercy to others. Who are we to be so self-righteous and defensive and angry and frustrated? How can we cultivate a heart of forgiveness in our daily lives? Uh, that's what I want to talk about in this week's podcast. I want to take a look at uh, at forgiveness from the heart. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I want to welcome any new listeners joining here with us today. I'm your host, Edward Sree, and I want to give a warm welcome also to the many listeners who come back week after week, especially those who wrote a review recently. A lot of you got on to Apple Podcasts and wrote a review of the show. I'm so thankful. It's so encouraging to hear uh, that the podcast makes a difference in your daily life. And uh, I want to encourage you, if you are blessed by this show, uh, you find it enriching, do you have a friend or family member that would also be blessed by this? that would help them in their walk with the Lord, share it with them, please. You know, many of you wrote about how you love the content, that the content is rich. It has some depth from the Catholic tradition, but it's also so practical, easy to follow and personal. And most of all, you liked that it was around 20 minutes or so, that uh, it's something you can easily listen to when you're running an errand or you're on the exercise bike or whatever. And so if you have a friend or family member that you think would be blessed by this podcast, I want to encourage you, please share it with them. I, I want to touch as many souls as we can with the love and the truth of Jesus Christ and our Catholic faith. But one of those truths is a hard one. A lot of them are, right? But this one we're going to talk about today, the idea of forgiving from the heart. It's not easy, but it's so important, so important for for the Christian life. You know, um, Father Jacques Philippe, I'm going to share with you something he said. Uh, He was talking, especially for marriage and family life, how important mercy is. He said, the mercy we practice in family life takes many forms. We encourage, we support, we carry one another. But the most necessary form of mercy is the ability to forgive. 
It's not always easy to forgive, but it is necessary. If there is no forgiveness in a couple's relationship, if there is no forgiveness among family members, problems start to multiply. Let me pause there. Isn't that true? Is that so true? Have you ever experienced that in your own life? You know, let's say, you know, in marriage, like, you know, your spouse does something and it just frustrates you. And after a while, you might, you, you could just start to kind of build up a wall. And, and you kind of say, well, like, I'll forgive. Yeah, but, but deep down, you're not really forgiving. <laughs> you might even tell your spouse, sorry. You know, you, you, your spouse says, oh, I'm sorry. And then you kind of say, oh, I forgive you. Uh, but you don't really mean you're still kind of really on guard and you still have this big wall. Uh, or sometimes we can spiritualize these things to say, oh, man, you know, my spouse really just doesn't get it. They've got this big fault. They're never going to change. And I guess this is just the cross I have to bear. I'm going to bear this cross for the sake of our marriage. We got to spiritualize it, but we're not really forgiving. We still have this burden, this weight on our heart. Jesus wants to release that from us. He wants us to cultivate a heart of forgiveness that allows us to reconcile more easily. Listen to what Father Philippe says. He says, sufferings of all kinds start to develop and create walls that separate us from each other. See, that's what happens when, when we don't have the virtue of forgiveness, when it's not easy for us to forgive, when we don't forgive quickly, when we don't forgive deeply, walls start to grow in our relationship and we're, we become divided. That's what Satan wants. He wants to divide us. Uh, do you forgive quickly? I just think about like in, in marriage, how many times like there's times where you know, there's this tension in our marriage and we're frustrated with each other for a little bit. And, and, and then we let that frustration just linger for too long. And you wish it, why didn't we just forgive each other right away? <laughs> you know, can we just be quicker? Can we get to forgiveness? Can we get to, I'm sorry, own what we did and then get to, I forgive you as quick as possible. Can we all just, just try to work on that more? I know I want to work on that more. Beth and I would be the first one to say, yeah, you know, we, we try to do that, but there's times where we failed. You know, we wish, you know, why do we let that go on? We, we could have solved that in five minutes if we each just kind of assessed and go, okay, sorry, you know, I shouldn't have done that. Then the other person says, I forgive you, or we both say, I'm sorry, we both forgive each other. We could have done that in five minutes. It's like five hours and it's dragged out and it's just this, this weight in the relationship. You know, what, uh, let's get to, f- I'm sorry, and I'm forgiveness. I forgive you. Let's get there quicker. <laughs> well, uh, Jacques Philippe goes on to say, If day after day we forgive, ordinary relations remain possible and love can always be reborn. You see, if we have that quickness to forgiveness, quickness to forgiveness, then love can be reborn. Have you ever had that? Again, I think about a a close friend or family member, coworker. I'm going to use marriage as an example again here where, you know, you're, you're frustrated by something and it's just really mounting in your heart, but then you, you just, you, you just... Don't bring it up for a little while. You let it pass and time has a way of kind of sometimes like giving you a better perspective and you realize that wasn't that big of a deal. And and you can kind of just forgive and you move on. Like love can be reborn. That's what we want. There's always going to be friction. We're always going to hurt each other in our community life and our friendships, in our workplaces and our parishes and especially in marriage and family life. That's always going to be there. But if we can be quicker to forgive, if we can forgive more from the heart, Love can always be reborn, and we want that love to be reborn over and over and over again. Why? Because that's how it works with God, doesn't it? With us and God? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm weak, and I make all these mistakes, and God is so forgiving with me. 
It gives me the chance to get up and try again. And love is reborn over and over again. God wants to reproduce that love over and over again in our marriages, in our families, in our communities, our workplaces, our friendships, all those things. So uh, forgiveness is not always easy, Philippe goes on to say. It is one of the most unselfish acts of love. Forgiveness can also be one of the greatest acts of freedom, the freedom to love even the one who has done you wrong. Is that true? I mean, forgiveness isn't easy. It's, it's an unselfish act. I've been hurt. I've been wronged. You know, you owe me now, <laughs> you know, out of justice. That might be true. Like this person's hurt me in this way and they owe me. And I, to freely say, I release you. I forgive you. It's okay. We're going to move on. That, that, that's a, a free gift of love. Let's have that free, just like Jesus offered up on the cross. He didn't have to do that for us. He chose to. Let's imitate Jesus and offer a free gift of love and forgive people. You know, I want to talk about practically though. How do we do this? How do we forgive practically? How do I cultivate a heart of forgiveness? How do I cultivate a heart that is quick to forgive, to forgive deeply? I want to talk about three practical things we can do. They're kind of like three steps, if you will. Uh, so important to cultivate a heart of forgiveness. And, and then I want to talk about some questions like, well, does this mean I'm supposed to be a doorman and just forgive all the time? I mean, and can I hold people accountable? I shouldn't be treated poorly all the time. How, how do we deal with that? And then I want to talk about some of those deeper wounds. Like what about like someone's really, really hurt me in a deep, profound way? Uh, it's not easy to forgive that. What, what do I do with that? So I'm going to talk about those things. So you ready? Let, let's go into this. Let's talk about just three practical things, three practical steps for just in general, cultivating a heart that will be quicker to forgive, to forgive from the heart. The first step is humility. Humility. I need to know the truth of myself. I, I got to have some self-awareness to be aware that man, I've got a lot of weaknesses. <laughs> I've got a lot of faults. Uh, I've got, I can hurt people with my actions and with my words. And uh, am I aware of that really? I mean, I know everyone would say, oh yeah, I'm a sinner, I'm weak, but I'm talking about a deep awareness, an acute awareness of just how wretched I can really be sometimes. Are we aware of that? Are we aware of how proud or arrogant we can be? You know, maybe we, we think we're right all the time. And maybe we are right, but man, the way we, we promote our rightness <laughs> is, is really wrong. <laughs> you know, maybe we make other people feel really ashamed or we're really impatient with others or uh, we don't listen to other people in the process. That's not right. Am I aware of that? Sometimes, sometimes we're just so blind, we're not aware of how we hurt other people. Do I realize how selfish I can be? I'm so selfish. I'm so much thinking about myself and my perspective. And in my head, I've got, these are the 10 reasons why what I'm doing is okay, but I'm not really listening to this other person. I'm not listening to my brother or sister in Christ. I'm not listening to my child. I'm not listening to my spouse because I've got it all mapped out in my head. I've got it all right. Man, when we're like that, we're never going to really grow. It's hard for us to have a heart of forgiveness when I'm not deeply aware of my own weakness. It's really only the person that has come to terms with their sins with their selfishness, with their pride. You know, if we're, it's only the person that's really come to terms with how weak they are that are easily able to have compassion on others. I'll never have, the saints tell us this over and over again, many different saints, that if until I really come to realize my own weakness, I'll never have compassion on other people and their weaknesses. I'm so quick to notice everybody else's faults. I'm so quick to notice the way they hurt me or frustrate me, <laughs> inconvenience me but I, I tend to not be as aware of how I inconvenience others or I'm not as thoughtful in thinking things through and how it affects other people and how my words or my actions may affect other people. 
uh, I really need to cultivate humility, beg for humility, beg Jesus, give me self-awareness, help me to be more aware, help me to be really in tune with my own faults. I think that's the first step to have great humility. Second step is I need to encounter God's mercy. It's one thing to know that God is kind and merciful. Get that right on a quiz. It's another thing to really experience his mercy. And I can never experience mercy, step two, if I don't have step one. (laughs) I'm aware of my weakness. If I'm aware of just, man, I've got this sin and I keep repeating this sin over and over again, or I can be so selfish, or I really hurt people, I don't really love people as well as I should. If I'm not aware of that, then I'll never really experience God's mercy because I think, oh yeah, I know I kind of need mercy, but I don't realize how desperately dependent I am on it. Do I realize I I am so dependent on God's mercy? You know, And, and when I go to God, broken. I go to God realizing how weak I am. I go to God realizing my many faults. And then I experience that it's okay. I mean, not my faults, but it's okay with God. In other words, my, my God is going to call me to repent, but he still loves me. I'm still loved. Even with these many faults, he, he forgives me. He still accepts me. I experience his patience. I experience his gentleness with me. This is profound. This isn't just like, oh yeah, I know God is kind and merciful. No, 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 no. This is, I am wretched. I am horrible. I've done these bad things. I struggle. I'm so weak. I'm so ashamed. And then I encounter God saying to me, and I love you. I love you in the midst of your weakness. I love you even in the midst of all this messiness in your life. I still love you. You know, in those moments, I I begin to see that my value my identity is not bound to my performance. You know, did I get an A on these virtues this week and an A in my prayer life and an A in how I treated my spouse and my kids and all that? You know, no, no. You know, it's, it's my, my value <laughs> is, is in the eyes of God. My identity is in the eyes of God. And God is going to call me to be better all the time. He's going to hold me to the standard of holiness. But his love for me, is not dependent on my performance. <laughs> and when I can come to realize that, how much God loves me and my weakness and my messiness and my many shortcomings, then I can get to the third step, and that is compassion. That I will begin to have greater compassion on my neighbor. I will be more gentle with my neighbor because I've experienced how gentle God is with me. (laughs) I can be more patient with my neighbor because I've experienced how patient God is with me. I could be more merciful with the people around me, more quick to forgive because I've seen, I've experienced firsthand just how merciful and forgiving God is with me. But you see, if I don't have humility, if I don't really realize at a deep level just how messed up I am, If I don't realize that at a deep level, then I'm never going to encounter God's mercy and I'll never really be that compassionate with others because I'll always be frustrated. I'll be, how come they're not perfect? How come they're not getting it right yet? You know, but until I come to terms with my weakness, step one, I see the truth of myself, humility. Then I can see the truth about God. I encounter God's mercy. That's step two. And I see that that God's merciful with me. He's gentle with me. He's patient with me. And when I experience that, then naturally when I encounter everyone else's imperfections and weaknesses and hurts and all that, like then I, I'm just going to be a little bit more patient with them. I'm more likely to, to be a little more compassionate with them to realize, you know, this other person isn't just someone that annoys me. This isn't someone that just hurts me. This isn't someone that just has these faults that bother me. No, no, we're all fellow sufferers. 
because I have many faults that bother other people. And I have many weaknesses (laughs) and sins as well. We're all fellow sufferers together encountering the mercy of God. And, and, and I want to be more like God and share God's mercy and others with others because I, 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 that's what's changed me. That's what's been the basis for my life. So here's the key. If I tend to be quick to judge others, quick to be critical of others, quick to, to, not quick to forgive, <laughs> uh, if, I, if I'm quick to build up walls and build up resentment in my relationships, that's a sign. It's a sign that I've probably not really come to terms with my own weakness in humility, and I've not really encountered God's mercy in my life as deeply as he wants me to. Uh, because if I do, if I know myself and I know the love of God, in the truth of my weakness, then I'm, I should naturally be much more compassionate and patient with the faults of people around me. So there we go. Humility, step one, encounter God's mercy, step two, compassion, step three, or think of it as the truth of myself, step one, the truth about God, step two, and the truth about my neighbor, that we're all fellow sufferers on the journey uh, of, of, of growing in God's love and mercy and grace. Now, it's interesting, tonight I, I was earlier uh, with a group, I've been doing you know these online kind of groups where I meet with different small groups, Bible studies, men's groups, women's groups, and couples groups and all, but I, I was meeting with a, a woman's group uh, in Illinois uh, earlier just today. It was a great little group, and they, we were talking about discipleship, but a question came up uh, in our conversation about uh, this idea of forgiveness. And the person said, well, are we supposed to be a doormat? I mean, we, if people hurt us, and you know, are, are we just supposed to just forgive them all the time? And I, I'm worried I'll, I'll become a doormat if I'm like that. And I thought it was a, a great question. You know, what if someone just repeatedly treats me poorly? Do I, do I keep forgiving them? Well, yes. Jesus said that in the in the gospel this last week, right? You know, Peter says, "Do I forgive him seven times?" I mean, I I, I think I could forgive people seven times. You know, I can, I can do that much. But after that, I draw the line. <laughs> you know, no, Jesus says, "No, you got to forgive seventy times, seven times." So in other words, always forgive. But but here's the deal. Uh, yes, we should always forgive, and I'm going to talk about what that means in a moment. But I want to I want to emphasize that just because we forgive doesn't mean we don't call people. We don't challenge them. We don't challenge them to treat us better. You know, love is to will the good of the other. That's the catechism. I quote this all the time. Love is to will the good of the other. And if I really love this person, then I need to tell them that what they're doing is wrong. That's love, to seek what's best for them. Because the way they're treating me isn't just bad for me. It's bad for them. It's not good for them. God wants them not to be like that. (laughs) They will be happier. They will thrive in life more if they live more virtuously. And so out of love, sometimes I need to tell the other person what you're doing is wrong. Now, how I do that is really important. You know, I don't have to do that in a, you know, you know, a condescending way or a judgmental way. You know, I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they don't realize what they're doing. You know, I, I'd want to approach it with great humility and all, but, but, but we, we should, if we love people, we sometimes need to have tough love. Uh, I, I wish my wife were here now. She would tell you, you know, in our own marriage, there's many times where she's used tough love with me and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that because I, I want her to love me. I don't want her just to ignore my faults and weaknesses or ways I treat her that aren't good. I, I want to be better because I love Beth and I, I want to be a good husband. And sometimes I don't realize, you know, the way I, I, I say something or do something, how it might affect her or how it might affect one of the kids. And so I'm grateful for my wife. You know, she'll come and she'll show me tough love. She goes, hey, Ted, 
you know, you, maybe you didn't realize what you were doing or maybe you didn't mean it this way, but I want you to know the way you said that or the way, what you did here, this is the consequences. This is how it affected me. And she'll be really strong about that. And I'm like, oh, I'm in trouble, you know? And, I, and my first instinct sometimes can be, can be defensive, but I'm trying to learn over the years. And, and she's learned over the years also just how to talk to me about these things. But it's so good that she can talk to me and say, this, this, this isn't good. When you do this, this hurts me, or this is how it affects me, or this is how it affects one of the kids. And I'm so thankful for that because I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good dad. And she loves me enough to show me tough love. So no, we're not supposed to be doormats. We're supposed to share the truth with compassion and mercy. And that's what, you know, when she does this really well, you know, it, it's really good because it gives me the space to go, I'm sorry. Gives me the the freedom to kind of admit, not get defensive and you know, when I see she's gentle and compassionate with me and she's saying, you know, I realize you might not have realized this, that you might not have thought about this. You might not have, you know, you know, and done this on purpose, but you can't do this again. <laughs> you know, I'm so grateful for that. That's the, that's the attitude we want to, we want to have. Uh, so yes, uh, we, sh- we should show tough love. No, we should not be a doormat. But what about those deeper wounds? Let's close with this. What about some of that really hurt me deeply? You know, maybe it's going on right now. Maybe it's a long time ago. Maybe it's someone that's really critical, says horrible things about us. Maybe it's a long-term relationship that's been really dysfunctional. Maybe there was some kind of abuse. You know, these things could be are deep wounds. You know, how do we forgive that person from the heart? You know, the catechism tells us that we don't necessarily have to be like best friends with everybody, <laughs> you know, but we are called to love everyone. And what is love? To will the good of the other, to seek what's best for the other person. So one thing we could do is turn the hurt into intercession. That's what the catechism teaches. Turn the hurt into intercession. In other words, it takes great inner strength, great love in the will to say, this person hurt me, but I'm still going to intercede for them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray that God blesses them. I'm going to pray that God blesses their work. God blesses their family. God brings them closer to them, to, 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 to himself. You know, th- th- those are wonderful things to do. That can be really hard. Maybe you're not ready to do that prayer. Then just say, God, you know, this person really hurt me. And I, I want to get to the point where I can really forgive them. I, and I, I, I'm just not there yet. I pray for the grace, change my heart, help me to be able to forgive this person. That in itself is really good. That's a wonderful thing happening in the soul. The soul can even just pray for the grace to forgive. Because uh, that, 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 what that's doing is it's already driving the demons away, the demons that hold up the walls and the resentment and the, uh, the, the, the great division that God wants. Again, we don't have to like everybody. We don't have to be best friends with everybody. Uh, and there may be very good reasons why I need to have boundaries with certain people in very dysfunctional relationships. And that's all fine, but we can still pray for them, pray for blessings upon them. We can offer sacrifices for them. We can even offer our communion. When you go to Holy Communion, you get say, Jesus, I offer this communion for this person. That's a great sign of love. That's what Jesus had on Good Friday, right? It wasn't like people were lining up on Good Friday wanting to go to confession. And then Jesus said, oh, great. Now you confessed your sins. Now I'll forgive you. No, he forgave outright. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And, and we can imitate that. We can say, you know, this person maybe hasn't apologized to me. Maybe they don't realize what they're doing is wrong. Maybe they're just, you know, going to continue trying to hurt me. I'm going to keep the boundaries. I'm going to keep my distance. I'm going to show tough love and all that. But I can still in my heart still pray for them. I can still say, Father, I forgive them. Or Father, I want one day. to. I know I should forgive them. <laughs> Give me the grace to forgive them. Even that is a great gift. 
It's the beginning of, of cultivating a heart of greater love for that person that hurt us. And then we become more like Christ who was so hurt on Good Friday and still forgave and forgave freely. I hope this has been helpful for you. Uh, if you have any questions on this theme of forgiveness, uh, reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or on my website, edwards3.com. And again, if this podcast is helpful for you, please share it with others who can uh, really be blessed by the message, not just of forgiveness, but by all the topics we cover in all things Catholic. Thanks so much for listening and God bless. God bless.